I'm Colleen Shaddix for the Connecticut Health Investigative Team, and this is The Workup, an occasional series of podcasts about health issues that concern you. This podcast was produced in partnership with Wheeler Clinic. Stephanie Almada wanted relief from premenstrual syndrome. Her doctor sent her home with powerful prescription pain reliever. For Almada, as for many women in Connecticut and nationwide, that prescription was an avoidable step on what became a challenging journey through opioid addiction. Women use opioids at higher rates than men and more quickly become seriously ill from abusing them. Deaths from opioid overdose in Connecticut rose 125% in a single year, according to a recent Centers for Disease Control and Prevention analysis. 423 women had fatal overdoses in the state in the last two years combined. Almada feels fortunate that she was not one of them. She now works as a peer recovery specialist at Wheeler Clinic, working to fight that trend. But she knows that coming forward to get help isn't easy. There's a big stigma on women in addiction just because we're not supposed to be addicts, that we're supposed to take care of everybody. For most women who become addicted, it starts just where it did for Almada, in a doctor's office. Jessica Smith is Senior Director of Adult Outpatient Services at Wheeler Clinic. So we know that about probably approximately 50 million American women suffer from chronic pain syndromes like migraines, fibromyalgia, or chronic fatigue syndrome. And in response to those conditions, they are often prescribed opiate pain medications like hydrocodone, morphine, fentanyl. And they'll be prescribed those medications in higher doses, and they'll be on those medications for longer periods of time than men. So it's really a prescription medication problem. People are not starting out going out buying these drugs illegally. Correct. And what's more interesting, actually, is if you look at the prescribing practices, they sort of drive an increased availability of the medication because it's more widely accepted to be on medication for a condition Mm -hmm. as opposed to maybe looking at alternative ways of managing those conditions. And some of the increase in use of marketing strategies by pharmaceutical companies to promote these particular medications. So you've got folks receiving that message in the media, and you've got doctors willingly prescribing these medications as a means to treat the the condition. And then what ends up happening over time is that there's this increased availability, but along with that comes negative consequences that become very apparent. Those consequences might not have been readily discussed at the point at which she entered her doctor's office and said, I'm experiencing chronic migraines. Are there barriers to treatment that are particular to women? Women do experience barriers that I think are a bit different. Mm -hmm. They're quite sick when they enter treatment. So in and of itself, that a a barrier is how ill they are once they enter treatment. That can be very overwhelming for the provider and for the client if the provider is not readily, does not have access to integrated therapies where both the mind and the body can be treated. But barriers can be as simple as the lack of childcare. So no one to watch the kids while they go into treatment, depending on how long that treatment needs to be. With opioids, there may need to be detox intervention Mm -hmm. that can be extended stay with close medical monitoring. Women are also hesitant to access treatment because they're afraid their children might be taken away if they admit they have a problem. A problem that started by simply having a physical health condition. Is the type of treatment that a woman needs to be successful typically different from what a man would need? 
it is different. I, I think that we need to be aware of, again, the mind-body connection and the multiple compounding factors that she's sort of up against at the point at which she enters treatment. So remember, her disease progresses very quickly. Yeah. So she's got complex medical conditions. She's got co-occurring psychiatric conditions with the substance use disorder. And attention needs to be paid to all of those in an environment that takes into consideration who women are, so gender responsive strategies, trauma-informed care, all of those things need to be part of the system. Women's addictions in motherhood have a complicated relationship. Children can be an incentive to get treatment as well as a barrier. Once again, Stephanie Almada. And so I got pregnant and I was able to stop using, praise God, through that pregnancy, praise God. And after I had her, I had a C-section, and the pain pills came, you know, very quickly. And I had bottles at home anyway. And then it became um, energy for me. It became the way I coped with life. She lost two jobs, her marriage ended, and she was afraid that she would lose custody of her one-year-old. That fear pushed her into treatment. She says that going to a program specifically designed for women at Wheeler was key to her recovery. All of us have awesome gifts. And, you know, there's an awesome person in there. And if we use the energy that we used, when I I was so defiant, when I used all that energy in the bad way, fighting and doing all that, if you use the energy, I'm using that energy to make a positive impact in people's lives. And that's huge. Good people, We're, we're good people, we are not our addiction. The Workup is a production of the Connecticut Health Investigative Team. This podcast was produced in partnership with Wheeler Clinic, 860-793-3500 or wheelerclinic.org. For more information about this and other stories, visit us at c-hit.org.